0: Today's reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her, so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed, immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realised that power had gone out of him, He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher any more? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, with people crying and wailing loudly. After he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talita Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was just 12 years old. As this At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict instructions not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Amen.
1: Well, thank you so much for that reading, Barbie. I feel like Barbie saw Simon's Star Wars prints last week and was like, I see your Star Wars prints and I raise you lavender. So I'm excited to see what we've got next week. We've got some great backgrounds in our readings at the moment. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be speaking to you today. I'm just going to sort out my mic. This happens every week. Is this better? Slightly less blowy. Excellent. Well this term no it's not. Go right, you can help me. You can assist. Thank you. One day I will understand how to use these things. Thank you. Brilliant. This term we've been journeying through a series titled Like Jesus. Live like Jesus, rest like Jesus, pray like Jesus, heal like Jesus, trust like Jesus. And this morning we're continuing our Like Jesus series by exploring the theme, Walk Like Jesus. And we're going to explore the spiritual practice of slowing this practice that we see Jesus model throughout the Gospels. And as we do this, we're going to consider three things that we can learn from our passage. First, that Jesus lived an unhurried lifestyle. Second, that Jesus was open to interruption. And finally, that Jesus was present in the present. Let me pray for us as we start. Father, we thank you that you are with us by your Spirit, and we pray that you would speak to us now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on the 23rd of March, 2020, we heard an announcement that we will never forget. Boris Johnson declaring that we must stay at home, which was then followed by a national lockdown And what that meant for many of us is that we were forced to slow down. And while I found that time uncertain and difficult in many ways, it also gave me an opportunity to notice how busy I'd been before and how unsustainable that was. And in true millennial style, I posted about it on Instagram. I said this, Thankful for the rhythms that have formed during an enforced time of slowing down that I see becoming important rhythms when life speeds up. Weekly morning walks with a coffee, podcast, and an opportunity to pause and spend time with God have become a highlight. Well, two years on, and life has certainly sped up. And while I had the best intentions to continue to live at that slower pace, In reality, I've really struggled to do that. It is easy to get caught up in hurry. It is easy to fill and overfill our schedules. It's easy to feel like we just need more time. We just need more hours in the day. But Jesus models a different way. As we consider how we walk like Jesus, we need to ask ourselves the question how do we follow his example? And in our passage, we find three examples of Jesus modeling this spiritual practice of slowing. And the first is this Jesus lived an unhurried lifestyle. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus model an unhurried lifestyle. We never read that Jesus was rushing from one place to the next or that Jesus was too busy. Jesus lived a full life, but he was never in a hurry. And we see an example of this in our passage. We read that Jairus, a synagogue leader, told Jesus that his daughter was dying, and he asked Jesus to visit her and to heal her. And so Jesus went with him. And as they were on their way, surrounded by the crowds, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years touched the cloak of Jesus. And in that moment, she was healed. And Jesus noticed that power had gone out from him, and he stopped to see who touched him. To this, the disciples respond, "'You see the people crowding against you, "'and yet you ask, who touched my cloak?' Perhaps the disciples were thinking that there's something more pressing to attend to. The daughter of Jairus is dying, and Jesus needed to get to her. But Jesus was not in a hurry. When the woman made himself known to her, Jesus stopped, and he spent time with her. In his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Homer writes that this is a beautiful story where Jesus took all the time in the world with her. No rush at all. What we see modeled in this passage is that Jesus lived a full life, but not a hurried life. A few years ago, I had a meeting in the diary with someone from my church at the time, and it was quite an important meeting to me. It was something that i have been preparing for for quite a long time. And while it was a positive meeting overall, I could tell that the person that I was meeting was distracted and they were in a hurry. So much so that they asked if we could walk and talk as they made their way to the next meeting in their calendar. And I left that feeling, uh, that interaction, feeling pretty undervalued. And that is so easy to do. At one point last year, I found myself feeling too busy. I had a full calendar and a long to-do list. And Simon and I then went away for a week, and while we were away, as I kind of stepped back from the day-to-day, I realized that being in a hurry had led me to be less available to the people around me. And it was a bit of a wake-up call to try to avoid uh, reaching that point of too busy in the future. How do we follow the example of Jesus? By living an unhurried lifestyle. I wonder if it's simply trying to avoid getting to that point of too busy. We can lead a full life, we can lead a busy lifestyle... But when we reach the point of too busy, we become hurried. And when we become hurried, we can find ourselves less available to the people around us, and perhaps even irritated by interruption. Jesus models an unhurried lifestyle, and it is a good example to follow. So the first thing that we can learn from our passage is that Jesus lived an unhurried lifestyle. And the second is this, Jesus was open to interruption. At the start of our passage, we read that Jesus crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. We have no idea whether Jesus had plans when he crossed over to the other side. But we read that Jairus soon approached Jesus and asked him to go with him to heal his daughter. Perhaps Jairus was interrupting Jesus' plans. But when Jairus asked Jesus to go with him, Jesus goes without hesitation. The passage simply reads, so Jesus went with him. And then, of course, we read that Jesus was interrupted by the woman who had been healed by touching his cloak. And Jesus welcomed the interruption. Earlier this month, I had coffee in the diary with someone from church, and I left just enough time to get there on time. And I hate being late, so I was in a bit of a rush. And on the way, I bumped into someone else that I knew, and I hastily said to them that I was meeting somebody and I was running late, and I kind of walked as I walked on by. I wasn't willing to be interrupted, and I will never know what that conversation will have looked like. I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a similar situation. A few years ago, when I worked at St. Melitus College, I worked with a lecturer called Donna Lazenby, and Donna had a full and busy schedule. But something that I noticed about Donna was that she was always open, to interruption. Often I'd bump into Donna on the way between the station and the college and she'd be talking to a homeless man that she had spent months and then years getting to know. She was never too busy to make the time to stop and to spend time with him. And I'm sure that that had a great and lasting impact. What opportunities could we be missing when we're unwilling to be interrupted? How can we follow the example of Jesus by being open to interruption? Well, again, John Mark Homer suggests that we should leave a healthy dose of margin. He writes that for many of us, there's no space between our loads and our limits. We're not at 80% with room to breathe, We're at 100% all of the time. For me, leaving a healthy dose of margin could look like not leaving the house with just enough time to meet someone or to get somewhere, but leaving with that bit more time so that I'm open to interruption. What would it look like for you to leave a healthy dose of margin in your day-to-day life? So, Jesus lived an unhurried lifestyle. Jesus was open to interruption. And finally, Jesus was present in the present. In our passage, we see that Jesus was present in the moment. Although the daughter of Jairus was dying and Jesus was on his way to heal her, he wasn't distracted by what was to come. He was present and he noticed what was happening in the moment. When the woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years touched his cloak, Jesus noticed that power had gone out of him. We read this. Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. He turned to the crowd and he asked, who touched me? John Mark Homer comments on this. He writes, every time I read that story, I'm struck by how fiercely present Jesus was, how he just would not let anything or anyone, even a medical emergency or a hurting father, rush him into the next moment. Are we present in the moment? Do we notice how God is at work around us? Could we be missing opportunities of God at work in our everyday lives? Well, I know that when I'm too busy, when I live a hurried lifestyle, I'm so much more likely to miss God at work in each moment. I'm distracted by all of the things that are causing me to feel hurried how can we follow the example of Jesus by being present in the present? How can we be attentive to God at work in our everyday lives? And of course, the spiritual practice of slowing, living an unhurried lifestyle leads us to be present in the present. But I wonder if a practical way that we could do this as well is to get rid of the distractions that stop us from being From being present. An example of this could be our phones. When I'm on my phone, I'm so much less likely to be aware of what's happening around me, let alone what God might be doing. And yet, I'm so often on my phone when I'm walking from A to B or when I'm on a train journey. I wonder what I'd notice if I intentionally left my phone firmly in my bag whether I'd be more aware of how God is at work around me and the opportunities where I can join in with what he is doing. Jesus lived an unhurried lifestyle. Jesus was open to interruption. Jesus was present in the present I wonder what it would look like for you to develop the spiritual practice of slowing in your life. And this will look different for each and every one of us. What would it look like for you to live an increasingly unhurried lifestyle? What would it look like for you to be increasingly open to interruption? What would it look like for you to be increasingly present in the present? Well, again, John Mark Homer suggests that we should consider how Jesus would live if he were us. In other words, that classic phrase, what would Jesus do? Whether you're a student, retired, unemployed, stay at home, parent, full-time working, you can ask yourself that question, how would Jesus do this? How would Jesus live an unhurried lifestyle, be open to interruption, and be present in the presence if he were me? Imagine the impact that each one of us could have individually and collectively as a church if we increasingly followed the way of Jesus by pursuing this spiritual practice of slowing in our lives. If you're able, would you like to stand? And I'd love to invite the band to come and join me. And let me pray for us as we move into a time of worship. Father, we welcome your presence with us. We thank you that you are here by your Spirit and we invite you to meet us now. We pray that you would help us to walk like Jesus. Help us to follow your example by developing the spiritual practice of slowing in our lives, whatever that looks like for each of us. Help us to live an unhurried lifestyle. Help us to be open to interruption. Help us to be present in the present in our day-to-day lives. And Father, we pray that increasingly we would notice how you're at work around us and the opportunities where we can join in with what you are doing.